Hello, friends. This is your friend and neighbor, Shoeless Adam Danger. And today we're going to do a special one-off show. We'll see where this goes. Uh, talking a little bit about Star Wars, a subject that I'm pretty well-versed in. And today I've got a pal of mine, a uh, person that I've known for several years now, that a lot of our friendship does revolve around talking about Star Wars and keeping in touch. Uh, Alec, we call him Star Child Alec. Alec, say hi. Yo, what's going on? Buddy, how you doing today? Yeah, just fine, man. Just kind of having a relaxing Sunday at home. Got some coffee here. Um, yeah, just chilling. Excellent, excellent. Glad to hear it, glad to hear it. Uh, well, again, today we want to talk Star Wars. And before we get started, I want to just kind of maybe go back a little bit. Uh, Alec, what do you remember as being some of our conversations about Star Wars in the past? Anything that you have uh, that oh, you remember that we went in depth on? Oh, yeah, we've kind of gone in depth on a lot of different random things. Um, I remember years ago we brought up, like, what would be a really cool offshoot Star Wars show. We thought about, like, a under underworld black market type dealings yeah. uh gangster stuff um we had an obi-wan kenobi solo show discussion before they announced it i mean we were we were ahead of the times my friend we really were i, I want to paint the picture here so uh something that star child alec and i like to do in the past you know in a pre-covid world we would go to trivia we'd go to bar trivia here in uh most Eisley, uh texas and uh, that was something that we, we really loved doing every Wednesday, uh, the two of us, and then some of our friends, whoever was able to show up, we would, we would do trivia. But while we were doing trivia, uh, one of the nights, you know, we were just having a couple of pints, and we were talking about, uh, I think the first inklings, maybe that's what brought up the conversation, was that maybe, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and the folks at Star Wars uh, might be doing an Obi-Wan story. And so we thought, well, what would that story be like? And, and do you remember what we kind of talked about? It, it it's been a while kind of there's some vague uh plot points that are in my head um i think we were kind of blending in obi-wan dealing with like the huts and some like gangster stuff and just kind of like making it some kind of like old 50s uh western cereal yeah you know, like yeah style you know no, I think I think you're right. I kind of remember a story like I think the premise that we came up with, and again, this is going to be all copyrighted under uh, Adam Danger Productions here, uh, was that let's look at the time between uh, Revenge of the Sith, right? Obi Wan delivers Luke, Aunt Beru, and uh, Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen. Yes. Uh, so Uncle Owen Lars, and so he delivers them, and said, so, "Well, what would you know?" We understand that after he delivers. Uh, Luke, he kind of sticks around, right? He, he sticks around oh, Tatooine, yeah. and uh, and he's kind of looking after this child from afar. Right? So there's a good 19 years between he delivers the baby to when the events of A New Hope kick off. So again, what are we? What kind of story are we telling? Which again, I have to I have to say this predates anything from The Mandalorian. So again, The Mandalorian oh, yeah. is now what is taking place between End of Jedi and The Force Awakens. We were doing what takes place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And, and the idea was that maybe you get uh, you get Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's living in Tatooine. He's becoming kind of a hermit. But he might also be very, very disillusioned at what happened, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the events of the movie, he's just, uh, to his point, you know, I think at the time he thinks he's killed uh, Anakin, right? That like he left him oh, for yeah. dead. And, and, and kind of like maybe a story dealing with post-traumatic stress, uh, guilt, right? And, and maybe just disillusionment. Uh, everything's gone. Everything that Obi-Wan until his life he's known is gone. There's no more Jedi Council. There's no more order, 
right? And now there's the rise of this imperialist government. And uh, and she's kind of living in fear. He understands that he's on the lam. And so he's kind of got that guilt. And we wanted to make it like a Western. So if he lived in Tatooine, maybe um, he is putting away the lightsaber, right? Just... Uh, I guess a bit what not good, the bad, and the ugly. What's the Clint Eastwood movie where he's he's kind of unforgiven? Is that it? The kind oh, of early nineties. Yeah, it's un, I think it's unforgiven. Right, where he he's like, I'm gonna put away the guns. Mm-hmm. I was a gunfighter. Uh, I'm just gonna try to live an easy life. But then, as ever, trouble comes to town, and and he's forced to deal with it. And I thought I still think that would be a good story. And now that we know that there might be an Obi Wan uh, uh, story coming, I think that that would be a very I think we, we would agree that it would be a very interesting way to tell a story because you get a little more into the character. How does it go from young Ewan McGregor to older Alec Guinness that's just kind of like um, a hermit, kind of weird, uh, known as like old Ben Kenobi over there? Oh, definitely, because, you know, at some point he's got to go in town and get groceries, right? So yes. he's, he's going to interact with people. You know, things are going to happen. He's going to bump into somebody who doesn't like the way he looks. You know, he's going to get those little those little you know, episode, episodic little excitement, the little missions, you know, where he's got to, you know, someone stole some lady's purse, he's got to go after him. Those type of deals, right? Yeah. Right, right. Because he's a Jedi. Uh, he's a Jedi at heart. He knows he's got to do the good, the right thing. He's not going to go looking for it, but he's going to find himself in it all the time. Exactly. And I think that that's a really interesting point you brought up there. He's not looking for trouble, but he's going to he's gonna stop it. And I think, too, one of the things you could do is, again, you keep it on Tatooine. He's not going to be jumping from world to world because, again, he's a marked man at this point. He's a marked man. Uh, At some point, he realizes that uh, Anakin has become Darth Vader, right? He realizes... Because Tatooine's out in boondocks, right? It's like super super out there. The Empire doesn't really have any control over it. I think the Huts control the planet. So, and more than likely, he probably doesn't even have a ship. He probably is went to that planet knowing I'm gonna I'm gonna die here. I'm not gonna leave this planet ever again. Right. Uh, you know. So I think he's a, he has he has that mindset of like, look, I'm gonna make sure Luke, you know, is okay. You know, and I'm just gonna live out the rest of my life here. And maybe too, like his idea was like, I'm just gonna look after this kid. I hope he never has to take up the mantle. I hope maybe he never has to pick up a lightsaber. He mm-hmm. never has to follow in the footsteps of his dad because uh, it's a cursed lineage, right? That Skywalker lineage, oh, yeah. which kicks off the whole you know, uh, first three uh, movies, uh, New Hope, Empire, and Jedi. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that's... I feel like maybe that's the way to go with the series if they're still talking with Ewan McGregor about uh, about doing an Obi-Wan project, is you do do that, that. Those years where he's kind of out in the desert. How does he go from being maybe very disillusioned and uh, a hermit and maybe just giving everything up to at the end of it it almost makes it seem like a new hope he understands that this is a suicide mission he oh, realizes yeah. i'm not coming there's nowhere for me to go back home to i'm not getting out of this uh alive with the, with luke skywalker han and leia and going to the death star he realizes this is it <laughs> this is all yeah, i've got I mean, left you know just going back he 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 is still a jedi this is one of those things you know once a jedi always a jedi he probably senses something far greater beyond his own you know, beyond his own life that needs to happen with Luke. Um, you know, I, I doubt he has many interactions with Luke over the course of the first 19 years. He's probably run into him once or twice under the guise of the old hermit. Um, right. You know, so, but I think he senses it as time goes on that this is probably something that he needs to do. And this is it. Like you said, it's, it's a suicide mission. Yeah. Which I think even brings even more uh, pathos, right. Uh, to the to the story. And so, uh, one of my favorite, I gotta say, my favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One, right? I really love Rogue One. Yeah, I true. think 
it puts the war in Star Wars, and you understand this is a suicide mission. And even though it's like it's it's not really a futile gesture, right? Because they do get the plans for the death. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. <laughs> they do, in fact, get the the plans for the Death Star to uh, the Rebel Alliance. Um, they all know it's a suicide mission. They all know that this is a one last ditch effort, and they're not going to make it out alive. And it's so poignant. And that's why I think, to me, that's my favorite. And before that, I always liked Empire. I know everyone really likes Empire. Nowadays, I think after Rogue One, I really love A New Hope. I think A New Hope is uh, a great movie from start to finish. You get a beginning, a middle, and an end. You meet these characters, and you meet this whole galaxy of possibilities. So even when you're walking away from that movie the or the hundredth time of viewing it, there's so many different things. Like, oh man, there's a little bit of the West. There's a little bit of samurai films. There's a little bit oh, yeah. of mysticism. There's a little bit of government. There's a little bit of like politics, realpolitik. Like, there's so many just... I think that's the genius of the first movie and the reason why we're talking about Star Wars from 1977 till today is that George Lucas was able to craft so many different influences, so many different things in the zeitgeist that are timeless. They're very timeless and you go in so many different directions. Now, the directions that he went in after that, a little questionable, right? (laughs) I guess when you get to the prequels and things like that. And and even now, some of the the more recent films... um, Oh, they're hitter. I guess they, to be kind, they're hit or miss. There's some things I like. There's some things I'm like, what? Sure. Did you have to do that? Yeah. Uh, we could talk about that a little bit later. But the the point being, you know, Star Wars just had like a great gumbo. It had just so many different influences, so many different spices and hints and and tastes of different things that when you build it out, you can go in any direction. Which is what I think uh, part of the Mandalorian is doing, and that's what I want to talk about now. Uh, Star Child, Alec, tell us about uh, what you think of The Mandalorian. So I absolutely love this show. Um, I think this is the future of Star Wars is these 8 to 10, 45-minute, hour-long weekly episodes. And, I mean, I I think it's fantastic. Um, I think this is exactly where Star Wars needed to go. Um, Different characters beyond the Skywalker family. Um, You know, yeah, I like Luke and Vader and Han and all that, but... Uh, this, these new characters they're bringing in, these new ideas, these they're connecting cartoon series to the show. They're, I mean, it's it's like someone I, I forgot who said it, but someone said it's it's a space western. Yes, um, and I, I absolutely love it. You know, um, it's that old. You feel like in one of the recent episodes, he rides that that speeder bike. I think it's the very first episode, season two. He rides that speeder bike into that town. And, you know, there's people like sweeping their porches and looking at yeah. the horse in the town, you know, uh, it, it's 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 fantastic. It's exactly what I didn't know I needed from Star Wars until I was watching it. You're you're absolutely right. You didn't know you needed it. And now that you have it, you you love it. And I, I'm, I'm the same with you. I really enjoy it. I think to myself, I'm watching and I try to watch it Friday night. You don't understand the amount of patience it takes for me. I'm working from home. <laughs> To wait until my wife gets yeah. home, like at six, I'm like, she's not even like putting her bag down. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start Disney Plus in <laughs> T minus forty five seconds. Either you're sitting down or you're not. I'm not pausing this. <laughs> and uh, and once we get started watching it, I I do have to pinch myself. Like this is so great. I'm just enjoying watching this. So many episodes, and but this is really what I want from Star Wars. This is what I really appreciate from the. All of Star Wars, really. I mean, even in the movies I don't really care for, there's little things that I really like. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool that I can draw from. But for me, it's all uh, killer, no filler with the with the show. 
and uh, the concepts too, like how how it came to like the Mandalorian. Like I'll go back. I'll take you back, fans. Uh, I'll take you back to like 2007, 2008 when I was in college. I was in a fraternity, but it was more of a nerdy fraternity where we did talk a lot about Star Wars way into the night. And one of my buddies, uh, one of my old roommates, uh, Graham, uh, we would talk about Star Wars all the time. And one of the things I said is, well, what happens after Jedi? You still have an Imperial force. You still have stormtroopers and grand moths. And like, you still have some sort of, uh, you know, presence, right? Even though there's no leader up top, right? There's no, there's no uh, premier for the Empire. They don't just like put their guns away and say, well, that's it. I guess I'm going to become a, you know, a plowboy now. I think I'm going to get into marketing. No, there's still going to be soldiers and stuff. And so there's always going to be tension, right? And I always thought, like, what if there was like a planet where you still had stormtroopers that were, you know, still doing maneuvers and, and on patrol and things like that? And you would still get people like, okay, hey, the empire's open. They're like, not to here, it isn't. Not to yeah, us. And I think it goes back to that Western. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's like that Western, right? That motif of like, in the West, after the Civil War, maybe you have like a contingent of like Confederate soldiers. And they're like, oh, yeah. the war's not done here. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. That's uh, we still make the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like we still make the laws. We're we're still, you know, maybe sometimes the the societies need us. Like, we provide a service of stability and police force. Uh, it's not great, but this is all we've got, right? So you've mm-hmm. always had that inherent tension. Um, and what I think the show does well is it takes that, you know, as a starting off point, it's like, you know, even though there's no more empire, there's going to be even more chaos, right? People don't know who's in charge. You still have warring factions. There's no commerce and you still have people bartering and that whole, uh, topic of like the black market that you talked about earlier. Like that's, I think a lot of what, what kind of fuels the adventures and, uh, plot lines for the show is that. Again, there's no real money. You just kind of have to like do favors for people, and you get Beskar steel sometimes, or you mm-hmm. get you know safe passage to another planet. But it's it's because of a lack of, of power vacuum uh, that allows you to kind of say, okay, well, we can do anything. You know, a, a bad guy comes into town, I have to take care of it. But you also have to give me information because I'm trying to reunite this kid with you know this child with his family. It's like a it's like a video game side quest, right? Like every episode is like, yeah. oh. Trying to get to the, I'm trying to get to the boss, but I gotta, you know, I gotta go down this path and talk to this guy over here first, you know, before I can uh, reroute myself back to the, <laughs> back to the main thing I'm doing here. Right, right. I think you're you're absolutely right when he said it didn't have to be about the Skywalkers anymore. Like we've we've told the Skywalker story; it's a great story, and we told it again. We told the Skywalker story again, and then we told it a third time. And <laughs> I guess you know the more recent films, right? So we we know about the Skywalkers and it's fine, right? Like, we beat it into the ground, but now we get characters that live on the periphery uh, of the Star Wars universe, and how do they make their way? And, and uh, Now, let me ask you this, Alec. Have mm. you watched any of, like, Clone Wars or Rebels? Yeah, so um, I started watching Clone Wars this summer, you know, when mm-hmm. we weren't going anywhere uh, because of the year we are <laughs> in. Um, so I'm on season four right now. I believe there's seven seasons. Um and I got to say, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Um, first season is a little bit of a slow burn, but as the end of the season one comes along from, from then till now, it's fantastic. Um, the, the, the world building that they do in that show to expand the lore of the universe, it doesn't really focus a lot on the Skywalker family, although Anakin is a character in it. Um, you know, the new characters they introduce are great. Um, 
and then watching Mandalorian, you know, the the callbacks to Clone Wars are 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 popping up, and that's as a fan, you know, that's what I that's what I want to see the fan service. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I, I love fan service. <laughs> well, that's it too, right? I, I think that's again, you can't have too much fan service. You can have too little. It has to sure. just be the right touch. Yeah. And for uh, a fan like myself, I didn't watch Clone Wars. I didn't watch Rebels. I keep saying, oh, I'm gonna get into it. Uh, maybe I'll watch it. And uh, you know, I just I haven't made the time to do it. But for someone that hasn't watched any of these, I can see an episode that had Bo-Katan and like, well, what an interesting character. This is pretty neat. And if someone's like, if you like that check out rebels check out clone wars yeah. you can kind of see a little bit more of that which is i guess it works both ways right like if you've never seen it and you see a little bit let me get into it but if you've watched it and you see a little bit you're like ah oh, great like this is all tying together exactly and i i think tapestry I think, uh, that is star wars no and exactly and i think that the, the showrunners are doing a great job of making it out to be like hey look here's this character from the cartoon you know, however, you don't need to have seen the cartoon to know what's happening in this episode with her. We're going to kind of give you some short, uh, um, short explanation. She's going to say some things. Yeah. It's going to kind of draw things together. It's going to connect some dots for you as a, you know, someone new to the character. You know, you're you're okay with it. Uh, and like like you just said, it's going to draw you to say, well, you know, I heard that she's in this cartoon. Let me check the cartoon out. Um, right. As a fan of someone who has seen the cartoon and seen the character, you're like, oh, there it is. That's what I've been waiting for. You know, and it makes things even more enjoyable for you. Yeah, and I think that's that's a genius thing. And that's, I think it's so interesting in that with Star Wars, I'm sure you can say the same thing as a fan. It's like, we love it. And sometimes the stuff that we get is fine. It's okay. It's not great. Yeah. But other times, the stuff can be really good. And I think when it gets really good like that, when it gets that rewarding as a fan, it just almost like uh, rejuvenates your your fandom. It rejuvenates your faith in the in the story and the galaxy and the universe of of characters. You're like, oh man, they're doing this is when it's done right. There's nothing to top it, right? And okay. when it's clunky, right? It's like, well, all right. And and when I say clunky, <laughs> I let's say let's talk about uh, some of the more recent films like Force Awakens. Uh, Force Awakens, even... Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Last Jedi. Yeah. Rise Scott. There you go. Thank you. I just I've seen them all, fans. Uh, please don't take this. Don't take away my Star Wars credibility <laughs> from me. I've seen them all. Uh, let me ask you this, Star Trek. I don't think we've really talked about it too much. What are your thoughts on those most recent films? So, Force Awakens. Obviously, it was the one that was the first one, right? After what 10, 10 years of no Star Wars movies, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I I I did enjoy it a lot. Um, I thought it kind of rehashed a little bit too much for my liking of New Hope, but I think that's what they wanted to do. Um, sure. um, I I, I love the seeing a new a new Jedi basically with Rey on the screen. Um, so everything with her, I really enjoyed. I loved her going into her own powers and discovering everything. I loved it a lot. Um, Last Jedi, um, I think I'm in the minority of people who actually enjoy that movie. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it because they see Luke as somebody who's just kind of given up on life and is just an old curmudgeon. Um, right. I like that about Star Wars. I like them going in a different direction. I think it's it's great. It's great. It was great. Um, I love Luke sacrificing himself to the Force in order to save everybody. Um, obviously, um, you know, that's not what a lot of people wanted to see, but, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Um, right. Rise, I'm Rise with you there. Yeah. Um, Rise of Skywalker, I was in the middle. I'm kind of torn, you know. I liked a lot of the action. I liked the, the, the lightsaber fights. Um, I don't know how I feel on the cloning of Palpatine and everything like that. 
Um, but you know, I it, it was okay. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. You know, I liked Force Awakens. I liked it because again, you introduced new characters. I was, I got to see. Uh, we introduced Ray, and I was like, okay, interesting. I'll follow her. I want to see what her story is, and it's got an interesting backstory. Who is she, right? Who is Ray? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Finn. Right, I thought, great, a neat character. I want to see this guy, and and he's um he's a former soldier. He's a form almost like child soldier that was a stormtrooper, and but he wants to do right. He wants to kind of make amends. And a lot of, you know, the great Star Wars stories are about people like Han Solo or people like Lando Calrissian, who maybe are always kind of in a, a gray area. But when yeah. push comes to shove, you know, they they make the right decision and they become leaders and they uh, they grow as characters. And again, that's a rewarding aspect of the Star Wars franchise. And Poe Dameron, like I love Oscar Isaac. I thought he was great as Poe. And to me, it boggles my mind that the original script was like, well, he dies at the beginning. He, oh, he gets yeah. spin off the planet. And it's like so long. And I'm like, are you yeah, serious? That's crazy. It's like. Uh, that's uh, so I, I I enjoyed the movie when it came out. I was I thought it was great. Uh, technically, it's a good film, right? Like it, it looks cool. They do some interesting things. Story wise, yeah, it's pretty much rehashing a new hope. Right? You're not you're not getting too much. But mm-hmm. when we first saw it, I thought, well, this is really cool. I like these characters. Let me see what these characters do now. Let me see what they do now. Uh, the the second film, I like it. I like it's too long. My main gripe with it is that it was very long i think you could have cut out the canterbrite aspect right like i think that yeah could own, that could have been an episode of uh, mandalorian to be honest with you right like uh they had too many plot lines so you had canterbrite yeah they had to go to canterbrite to get the code uh what was it, the code breaker mm-hmm. right uh then they also had you had poe dameron and laura dern uh, slowly, like I always think, it's like OJ, like slowly on a high speed chase through space, <laughs> trying to trying to get there. And then you also had Ray trying to find Luke and try to get Luke back into the game. Mm-hmm. And two of those storylines fine, but three of them was was too much. And so that was my main gripe. I I'm like you. I did not have an issue with Luke being a kind of a curmudgeon because I feel like. His masters had become that way. Obi-Wan was oh, a yeah. hermit out in the desert. You and I are, are trying to speculate that, well, maybe it was for, you know, this great reason that he wants to look after Luke from afar and he wants to uh, do good things. The other, it could possibly be true. I'm done with this. I don't okay. want to do this anymore. It's I'm a tired. hermit. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. And the same with Yoda. You know, Yoda's on Dagobah and he initially doesn't want to train Luke. You're too old, you know, <laughs> and... Uh, and eventually kind of comes around to, to training Luke a little bit uh, in, in Empire. But these guys were, again, hermits. And obviously, they're on the run from the law. If anyone found out where they were, they'd be executed. Yeah. But again, there was no different than Luke. Luke is, you know, hidden away and he doesn't want to be bothered. He treats Ray just the same way Yoda treated Ray. But I think he got worse. to the point where... Yeah, even worse. But for the same reason, like he had that guilt of, you know, I did this. I almost tried to kill... And so, uh, you know, so that was good. Again, I think that's a cool premise. I think that's really good. When that's maybe the second or third tier plot line, it's oh, it's a little much. So that's why I kind of take points away. And then the, the last film, Rise of Skywalker. Again, I, I'm like you, good action, right? I, I love seeing it. I just thought, oh, is this what we're going back to? Like the Emperor like really yeah. survived. And there's a whole it's armada, kinda... a whole space armada we never heard of. Yeah. Um, and I, to me, I don't know if I ever told you, like my rewrite of that movie would have been that uh, Ray and uh, Ben Solo. Why am I forgetting his first, his real name? Um, 
Oh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Like, it would just be them. It would just be the two of them uh, squaring off, right? Like, uh, this one of us has to end. Uh, has to end this, and it will finally be done with the war. Like, we will finally be done uh, with our saga, right? And I thought, make him the bad guy. He doesn't have to be redeemed. We've already oh, seen the story of Anakin being redeemed. Mm-hmm. We've already seen even Luke being redeemed. Uh, he could be the bad guy. He Kylo Ren can still be the bad guy, and you can have um, Ray, you know, ascend to that level and her say, "Look, I'm done." And I think she kind of does it at the end of the film, where she's like, "My last name's Skywalker," which I guess is kind of poignant, but kind of dumb because what does that like desert lady know about Skywalkers? And you know, what was the point, right? Like, she could have reclaimed Palpatine. She's like, "Look, I've I've ended my grandfather's menace to the galaxy." Yeah. Uh, so. It's fine, but that's when I say clunky. I'm like, uh, it could have been better. And then you watch something like Mandalorian. I think when you come back from, from Rise of Skywalker, you're like, maybe all the good ideas with Star Wars are done. Maybe it's done. Maybe we're, we've tapped out. We've loved this thing for decades. As long as we've been alive, our parents who maybe showed this to us, they really liked it. Maybe the well has run dry. Mm-hmm. And then you get to something like Mandalorian. You're like, no, it hasn't. <laughs> that's that's that. Stories are t- that's that new blood with John Favreau being the the creator. You know, he's writing the episodes. He's the guy that's like, look, I'm the fan. This is what Star Wars fans want to see. Do it my way. You won't you won't be sorry. And then what he does is he, he brings in the executive director from the Clone Wars, Dave Filoni, who right. is now hel- hel- you know helping them with Mandalorian. And you're getting two fans of Star Wars creating what they want to see in live action Star Wars. Um, and I think it's fantastic. No, I think you're you're absolutely right. You got Dave Filoni, and then I think another thing too. I don't know if you watch this on Disney Plus, but they have those like behind the scenes yes. of Mandalorian. They talk those to are the so directors. Mm-hmm. You're getting just talented people. You're getting um, Taika Waititi and uh, Dave Filoni, and um, oh, uh, one of the other directors. Her name is Deborah Chow. She did two of the yes. episodes in season one. She's supposed to be directing the entirety of the Obi Wan series. Oh, and she directed That's some. Good. She directed. She directed the, the second to last episode of season one, and then one of the other episodes I forget. I think it was episode three, where the man, where Mandalorian gives Baby Yoda away and then goes back and rescues him. Right. Um, yeah. She directed that episode too, so she's got some chops in her, and I'm looking forward to seeing if she does indeed direct every episode of Obi Wan because I'm sure she'll bring some, some good. Uh, some good flavor to it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And just, I think having talent, not only in the actors, but in the directors and in the writers, like you, mm-hmm. and you're trusting them. And I think is John Favreau's kind of acting as the overseer, like, look guys, this is kind of the idea that I have, but giving them the freedom to make decisions and tell it slightly different. Yeah. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron Howard's daughter. Um, oh, uh, Bryce, Bryce Dallas. Dallas. Yes. She has some awesome, uh, uh, action scenes like just what a great director and she did the the episode uh the episode before this most recent one where the mandalorian meets uh bo-katan yes. and and to realize it's only 30 minutes like that's a tight 30 minutes of mm-hmm. just like wall-to-wall action you explain the situation hey if you need this information you got to help me take you know uh take this cruiser or whatever like this uh, uh imperial war machine like you got to help me out and i had heard i don't know if you've heard the same thing that there's Disney's working on possibly like another project outside the Obi-Wan project for, you know, like the Mandalorian. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm watching these episodes, 
any of these episodes could be backdoor pilots, right? Like, oh, yeah. wouldn't you like to see more Timothy Oliphant as the marshal, right? Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't you like to see more of that? Would you like to see Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians take yeah. back the planet of Mandalore? That could be its own show of, like, we've got to arm everybody. This is a guerrilla resistance uh, to fight out the, uh, the Imperial menace. Or even the most recent one, would you like to still see, like, Carl Weathers and uh, was it Cara Dune, Marshall Cara Dune, like how they try to rebuild a society? How do you try to rebuild a society that's been in strife and struggle and all kinds of corruption? And uh, and just so you can talk about black markets, how do we try to establish uh, a society where people could be free and educated and and grow again? I think any one of those would be very, very interesting stories to tell. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and just speaking of that, this past episode with the. Uh that scene where they go into that school and this little baby Yoda down in that, in that desk is like the cutest thing we've ever seen. Hey, yes. Uh, <laughs> my wife toy the Terminator's like, if she wasn't pregnant right now, she's like, my ovaries like exploding. <laughs> she's like, look how cute it is. And, that, that uh, and yeah. where he's, you know, fix the ship was like the best. I could have watched an entire episode of them just like trying to like fix that ship together. Yes. I said, <laughs> Uh, she read some sort of meme, and I was like, "This is what happens when mom's at work, and he just have like, uh, Mando, the uh, Mando, and and Baby Yoda trying to fix a ship, or him like shooting his way out of things with the baby <laughs> in his arm." Uh, but I think that's great. I think it also comes down to this idea. The Mandalorian took a great idea of. Did you ever read like Lone Wolf and Cub? I never did, but I read about it. I've I've read about it. I've never I don't I've never read any of it, but it's something that has been brought up throughout the run of this show as a lone wolf and cub and you know um it's a good example it's this throwing back to the old uh lucas homage to like kurosawa films you right know, with the um you know and westerns you know which is basically star wars was based on george lucas's love of westerns and you know samurai exactly exactly and if, if for those who don't know or haven't really read a lot about lone wolf and cub i think the idea is like it takes place in feudal japan and there's a warrior and his son, and they're kind of on the run, and like maybe having to go into towns, evade uh, people coming after them, and uh, and just kind of that that tension, right? You're always always on the lookout. You can never close your eyes. You can never take a break. You've never you'll never stop running because there's somebody always on your tail, right? Whether it's the yeah. Moth Gideon, which John Carlo Esposito looks really really cool, uh, or even the yeah, it's great with that that dark saber, or even the uh, the rebels, right? Like looking for him, they're on his trail, right? Like one guy's trying to like collect information. Well, did uh, did that log catch who at the, the yeah, exactly. quest? I know it was here, and they're like, no, sir, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. So again, that's just such a it's not a simple premise, but it's a very very rich premise that you can do all kinds of things with, and and we're seeing that. And I think the show still has some some gas in the tank. And what I'd like to do now is I want to ask you, what are your predictions? What do you think is going to happen the end of this uh, the season? Yeah, so, you know, even during this last episode, um, you know, it, it, it was, it's starting to form a web of what is actually going on right now in this world with the Mandalorian. Obviously, we came across a base where there is some type of cloning going on. Right. Uh, they're using the blood of the little baby Yoda to... And I, I wasn't sure if they were actually transfusing the blood into people already existing or if they are creating clones using his blood. Um, right. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if I missed it or not, but it sounded like they were trans, there was some kind of blood transfusion going on. I just going to tell how exactly. It's probably into new clones. 
And then based on that last scene, I guess they are from what I've kind of read from other people is some sort of mixture of clone and droid dark trooper type of deal. Maybe some kind of some kind of like Red Skull type of stuff, you know? Um, just yeah, that looks Nazi that looks soldier, pretty, you know, like intense. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think what we're gonna see here is I think we're gonna see Ahsoka Tano, the Jedi, next episode. And if you haven't watched Clone Wars, Ahsoka Tano was pretty much one of the main characters in that show, in and Rebels, and she is a huge fan favorite. That she is great in that show, and you see her kind of grow up and become you know her own person from being the jedi padawan to you know her you know what happens to her towards the end of the series um and she's fantastic she double wheels lightsabers she's a great fighter she's you know she's kind of stubborn and i'm looking forward to seeing her and seeing how she interacts with the mandalorian and i got a feeling that uh, bo katan and her crew are going to come back in and Somehow something's going to happen. We're all going to get together, try to get the dark saber, and there's going to be a lightsaber battle between you know Moff Gideon and Ahsoka Tano. Um, I don't really know what the end game is though for this season. It's hard to tell. I can't. I don't know if it's just going to be to help the Mandalorians or if it's actually going to be to give Baby Yoda to the Jedi. And you know, but I don't know. Yeah. No, I think it's you're you're right on the money there. I want to shout out one of my uh, friends here, Mailman Mike. Millman Mike turned me on to a YouTube channel, and this title is just called Mandalorian Season Finale Breakdown, uh, Ending Explained, and Easter Eggs You Missed. And it's just this guy on YouTube, and uh, he kind of, I think he goes through each episode and points out uh, Easter eggs. And one of them the, from the most recent episode was there was a statue in the background for IG-11. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they'd made, a, like, a little statue for him as they walk into the school. Uh, so that was very, very sweet. And just like you were saying, unsure of, of how they're going to use, you know, Baby Yoda's blood. Maybe there's an idea that maybe they hope that the midichlorians, right? The doctor was like, he's got an M count of 160. Oh, yeah. And M count, I guess, is a cool <laughs> way of saying midichlorians, right? Cause yeah. that, but that's kind of neat. Like, that's a... Because it's a silly... I mean, everything in Star Wars is silly. But this is a very silly aspect of the mythology. Yes. Like, I've got midichlorians in the bloodstream, and this allows me to... Uh, you don't really need that. But if it's there, I think it was kind of interesting that maybe we can use... We can transfer the midichlorians into these um, Terminators, these space Terminators, uh, an assault force, and, you know, we make some sort of, uh, you know, it's elite squad army or something of that mm-hmm. nature. And so that was kind of interesting. Uh, I wonder if, I mean, we haven't seen Boba Fett. I mean, are we only going to see Boba Fett in that the end of that first episode? He yeah. has to come back. And that's and that's and that's an assumption that is Boba Fett. Obviously, they haven't confirmed it, but everybody assumes that that was Boba is Fett. It's, it's, it's the actor. It's the same actor who played yeah. you know, Jango Fett in the in the in the prequels. Um, yeah, how is he? I forgot. I completely forgot about him. To be honest, uh, how is he going to come back into it? You know. Um, because obviously they're going to probably have to go back to Tatooine at some point if they're going to bring Boba Fett into it. So, or maybe, maybe he steals like a maybe he steals a, a ship or something like that. What I would hate is if he shows up in a ship like Slave Two, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he has his armor on, and they're like, "Oh no, he killed." Uh, or did they? Did he give the no, armor? But did Timothy Oliphant yeah, give the armor back? Some, but they haven't really shown it, so I'm assuming it's just like on his ship somewhere. It could be maybe he shows up in the armor and he's like, "How did you find this?" And he goes, "This is the way." Boom, 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 and like, <laughs> and maybe that's it. Maybe we could combine that. It could be a huge uh, 
season ending is that let's say they have Bo-Katan and Moff Gideon in a, uh, and uh, or no Ahsoka and Moff Gideon in a lightsaber battle, but you also have Boba Fett coming after uh, uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I and, know it's Din. You know, one thing that I saw someone bring up, you know, probably earlier this year before this season even aired, was that the show's called The Mandalorian. It's not called Din Djarin, you know. So I mean, the show can focus on different Mandalorians if they wanted to go that route. Um, you know, so you could spin this into something about Bo-Katan or Boba Fett going forward if they are do say Boba Fett is a Mandalorian, which I don't think he is. But um, you know, you know that you don't. I could see them ending this with some sort of cliffhanger going into maybe retaking the planet of Mandalore, which the Empire basically purged of. You know, every everybody of uh, during the during the Clone Wars, so um, or after the Clone Wars, I should say. And um, you know, it's it's. It's it's interesting. It's there's it's basically limitless on where they can go with this, and I'm I'm very curious. I'm, I don't know what they're gonna do, but um, I am very eagerly awaiting next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, so am I. So am I. No, I, I'm very excited. One of the things that you just talked about, you know, about anyone could be a Mandalore, right? As long as it's a creed, right? It's not a people. What mm-hmm. if eventually, in like a hundred years, like they cut a hundred years in the future, and you just see like. A helmet slightly lift up, and you see green ears at the bottom, and it's like, what if he becomes? Uh, yeah, I'll take Yoda becomes a Mandalore. That would be really cool. That would be pretty, pretty metal. But uh, Alec, I think we've had a great show. I think we just barely scratched the surface of what's going on with uh, with Star Wars: The Mandalorian. Any last thoughts? Any last things you want to throw out? Um, no, I mean, like I said, this is a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, I think this show is going places that we need to go as Star Wars, as Star Wars fans. I, I, I think that this is going to be where we're going to see our Star Wars for the next few years. Sure. Um, I know there was rumors of maybe some old Republic movies by the guys that did uh, Game of Thrones, you know, um, I don't know yeah. where they're at on that. Right. I would love to see an old Republic movie or a TV show if it's done well, you know, going back, uh, you know. 5,000 years or something like that to the Jedi and the prime of everything, you know, fighting some old school Sith armies. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think this TV show way is, is the way, you know, not to be, uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, you meant it. It's fine. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Obi-Wan series. I think, um, I think they're going to end up doing something like we've mentioned some sort of, you know, cowboy hermit type of deal um you know episode of the you know character of the day you know villain of the day um and yeah it's it's exciting i'm I'm loving it i'm right there with you i'm i'm enjoying it this has kind of rejuvenated my fandom uh a bit uh well i think i think in in a great deal it's really rejuvenated i'm like oh we could do this it could do this and uh, makes me just excited for the next properties coming up. And hopefully, like you said, if there's any more movies coming down the pike, let it be from some of these characters that we've we've either somewhat introduced or a brand new character, but that just has some three-dimensional value to them. We want to see new people. Uh, we I don't know if they're going to go back to like Ray and Finn and Poe Dameron. Uh, I'm not sure if they can or if they really should. Like introduce more characters yeah. uh, that are that are interesting they're diverse you could tell so many different stories in a way i think we're understanding you and i are understanding that star wars in and of itself is its own genre right you can tell so many different star wars stories because it's its own genre just like the western just like film noir just like comic books superhero movies you've got like the best of all of these synthesized into its own genre 
and you can go any any direction you please. So I'm waiting to see it, just like you. I'm waiting for I I'm waiting, but I also want to just enjoy uh, as much as I can because the, yeah. they'll be gone too soon, and then we'll be another oh. year year and a half before we get any more. Um, but we just got to appreciate it, right? This is a good time to be a fan. Let this be a living document to our fandom. Uh, have been having been. Um, you know, having been glorified, I guess it's, I don't want to use such polemic terms here, but <laughs> uh, it's just great. It's really, really great. And for the two of us, two friends that really bond over this, I'm so glad we've got this. And you know what I got to say, Alec, I know this is your first podcast we've ever done. Uh, I'm not sure if you've done any others, but you were great today. Uh, very smooth. Good, good talk today. Uh, awesome. With that, I will, uh, I will bid everyone adieu. Thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and like and subscribe to Adam Danger Productions. Once again, tell a friend. Uh, it's the holiday season. You know what you can give somebody? Don't give them COVID-19. Give them a hot tip, the scoop on Adam Danger Productions. If you want to hear more of, uh, of us, let us know. You know, Tell us people about it. And we'd like to maybe meet up uh, uh, soon and just talk about more Star Wars, all things Star Wars. But with that, I'll say goodbye. Alex, say goodbye. Goodbye, Ab. Thanks for having me, man. I'd be uh, more than happy to stop by again sometime.